This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackey and Judd Zolgad. Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. Hockey! Yeah. Yeah. My favorite, it's Judd's Hockey Show. And welcome in to Judd's Hockey Show. Judd and AJ, the day after the Wilds, very disappointing and um, potentially deadly 3-2 loss to the Nashville Predators, uh, which was an entertaining game through two periods. Wild actually took a one Nothing lead on a Jules Eriksson Eck goal in the second period, but then gave up three consecutive in the third period. They came back with a late power play goal by Matthew Boldy. It was too little, too late. Um, and they are now, instead of two points out of a playoff spot, they are now six points behind the Predators. They are, uh, let's see here, three points behind the Blues, who are not a playoff team, two points behind the Coyotes and Seattle, both of them obviously out of the playoffs. And they are tied with Calgary at 47 points. And AJ, long story short, this is why I can't believe in this team. This is exactly why. I'm not upset. Look, I am all for missing the playoffs. So I'm not going to get on here and pretend to be ticked off about this. Um, we called this a must win. Basically, everyone I talked to agreed. This was a huge game. The Wild had this game. They couldn't hold this game. Um, and ultimately, at the end of the day, this game had a at least a, sort of a January playoff feel to it like this game was important players knew that um it was definitely a game in which you know there there was a good intensity on both sides and this is why this is why this team is best left home come playoff time yeah i uh so last night i was not able to watch the game live i had dvr'd it i was at the i I was able to go to the twins diamond awards like i knew i wasn't have time to watch the full game i was able to watch the the third and like Part of the second period, which is eventually where I know most of the action happened. Watch the extended highlights. And it looked like, and you can maybe correct me on this, they looked okay to maybe above average for the first period and a half or so. There was oh, a lot yeah. of chances it seemed going their way. They, but then, they look good. And, you know, leading into the third, yep. what we had dis- uh, discussed as a must-win game, um, I gave them maybe one more chance to say, hey, you know, we are going to take this season seriously. We want to make a push. We want to make... Um, one last attempt and effort to maybe push into the playoff picture. And I said, you have to get two points, mm-hmm. two points, two points, all in a pretty decisive pe- fashion. Mm-hmm. I maybe give you a little leeway last night because it is a tougher division rival, but you have to get a win in regulation. It was looking like that until the final 20 minutes rolls around. Two goals surrendered in 35 seconds. And uh, at that point afterwards, it was basically a, it was a bottom barrel college team that was out there in green sweaters. Uh, just just a tough night for Wild fans watching because it didn't look like there was a whole lot of effort the rest of the way. With your season not decided, but essentially on the line, you have to show a little bit more fight down that stretch. You've, you, should, you run into adversity. I mean, that, that can happen against any team, two quick goals. And if you want to roll over and die like they did last night after that second goal, that tells you all you need to know about this team. That says, hey, we don't care. We're looking to next year. Uh, so let's uh, let's think about next year and start uh, maybe moving some assets, opening up some cap space, do that yep. type of thing so we can rebuild in a sense. So uh, 
yeah, that's I, I'm officially out now on the Minnesota Wild. I gave them one last chance, and I feel dumb because I put my faith in their hands, and they just they just threw it away. Well, and I think they do care. I, I mean, I don't think that this is the group of louts that we saw when Suter and Parisi were, were here, and that turned into sort of just a toxic team. These guys care. They're just not good enough. They don't have enough depth. Yeah. They don't have enough. You know, Zuccarello is in. He's out. He's playing well. Had, had an assist his 29th last night. Uh, Kaprizov had a couple of points. But the reality is they just don't have enough depth. And and so I'll tell you, and this is, this is exactly this is another reason why I do not want them near the playoffs. I'll tell you the sequence last night that bit them in the ass, and it's got nothing to do with a goal by the Predators, okay? Mm-hmm. Jewel Erickson X scores his 21st goal on a tip-in of a Kaprizov shot on a power play at 12.44 of the second period. All right. So, got that goal. It's a nice goal. Erickson X standing in in front of the net, untouched because some, I don't understand, nobody touches because if you cross-check a guy there, it's illegal. But if you cross-check him right in the head in the corner, it's fine. (laughs) Um, Exactly two minutes later, exactly two minutes after that, Jake Middleton engages um, Michael McCarron in a fight, okay? Now, here's the problem with that. One, Nashville was down. You do not want to give them any spark. Two, Jake Middleton is one of your key defensemen in a defensive core that doesn't have a ton of depth, good depth, okay? Mm -hmm. Michael McCarron is a fourth-line center. Huge win for Nashville. Total win for Nashville. Okay, that's bad enough. Both of them assessed five-minute major for fightings, but it now gets worse. At 15.37 of the second, so the fight was at 14.44. At 15.37, um, Kirill Kaprizov takes a elbow to the head from uh, Cole Smith, a Brainerd kid. Mm-hmm. Zach Bogosian jumps him. Now, they're protecting Kaprizov. I get that, okay? Yeah. Mm-hmm. But because he jumps them, they eliminate a wild power play because they were they were going to call um, Cole Smith for elbowing. <laughs> Zach Bogosian gets an instigator, a fighting major, and a 10-minute misconduct. <laughs> and guess who looked incredibly tuckered in the third period? The remaining defenseman, mm-hmm. which included, of course... A guy who now had to play a bunch in Alex Goligoski. Uh Dakota Mermis had to play more. And I get defending Kaprizov age. Mm-hmm. I totally get that. But one, Middleton's fight was silly. It was a dumb decision. And Bogosian, because of... He then took um, uh, five... 17 minutes in penalties, okay? He's lost for 17 minutes. Hey, that swung the game. The wild defense was first of all the the fight with um with um Michael McCarron. That fight created um a surge for the Predators. Second of all, I forgot to mention this, Cole Smith is Michael McCarron's fourth line line mate on the left wing. So you lost two defensemen who you need because you can't afford, I mean, especially Jake, but you can't afford to you can't ask Brock to play more. Brock Favor can't play more. Like, it's a bad idea. It's not his fault. It's not a bad idea. Alex Goligoski literally shouldn't play more. Um, Like, th- that was a playoff environment type of play where you got to be smart. Mm-hmm. 
And the Wild did the two. And, and I'm sorry, if somebody's going to jump Cole Smith, it cannot be Bogosian. I know he's the biggest guy. I know he's trying to defend his teammate. I know that he thinks that's his job. But your job is to get two points from last night's game in regulation. That type of non-thinking, dumb penalty and penalties, and you cost yourself power play, that to me right there encapsulates what you can't have in that type of game. Boneheaded. Absolutely boneheaded. In the year 2024, there is no reason that Alex Goligoski should be having more than 20 minutes of time on ice. Just Unless it's a playoff game where you are now in the third overtime period and you have to. Like that, that is ridiculous that you are putting your team in that type of situation. I understand sticking up for Kirill. You have to do that, but to your point, yes, it's not. It cannot be that guy. Um, speaking of ice time, I do have a quick question for you. Maybe you can enlighten me on this. Why and how did Freddie Goudreau only be limited to eight minutes and six seconds of time on ice? Was there an injury that I missed, or wh- how? Well, he's just back from one. He. That's he, right. Thank you. He just came back from an upper body injury. I think it cost him two games, but more importantly, he's now on the fourth line. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately okay. for Freddie. I get the feeling that uh, John Hines is not his father like Dean was. And so I think the Freddie, I think there's a much different interpretation of what, what Frederick Grudeau can do now, which I'm absolutely fine with. That's probably correct. But yeah, he also just came back uh, two games ago. I think he came back against the Capitals on Tuesday from an upper body injury. So that's why there, but you're right. Like the time on ice defenseman, Jake Middleton, 1425. Okay. Mm Mm-hmm. Dakota Mermis, 11-19. That's appropriate, right? Yes. Um, Bogosian, 14-21. Brodeen had to play 24-45. Faber had to play 27-43. Like, these are things can't happen. These are playoff-type games. I'm sorry. I am, you know me, uh, both of us. I think we're all for defending Kirill. But, you know, that was really stupid, and it cost you and and that is why, like, there's so many reasons why this team shouldn't be near a playoff berth. No, absolutely. I, I mean, I can just put I can put them all together for you. Now, to to maybe, and I don't want to derail maybe any plan that you had for topics going along. Oh, this I got show, no plan. But what what is stopping now? And I understand you have one more game before you have this ten day break. Mm-hmm. Um, what is stopping this team? And I think. It, if they don't make this decision, I think we need to have a serious conversation about the front office and the maybe just overall mentality of like where this team wants to go. I understand you wanting to win, sure. but at a certain point you are you have to win by not winning. Mm-hmm. And what I mean by that is you're going to have to shut some guys down. So if Freddie Goudreau is is hurt and he, you cannot play him hurt, why not shut him down like you have with Jared Spurgeon? Put put him in a like keep him off the ice. Some of the, the uh, these other guys that you know that maybe aren't fully healthy, especially guys that you have on term past this season. This is now the point where you do shut them down because you, the only way that you're going to get better is by not winning. Losing is going to put you in a better position to then be able to get that higher, uh, higher draft pick, a better prospect. So that next year you can come back with these guys that are potentially healthy. And and then you, maybe you can do something before that final year um, and all that uh, salary cap is starting to be alleviated, obviously. The, the sure. big drop-off does come. What is stopping this team from making those types of decisions? Is it the mentality and the culture that Bill Guerin wants of, you know, we always have to win and 
uh, we, you know, we, we, we can never like wave the white flag. Is it just because now granted it's, we're not even 24 hours removed from puck drop last night, but they still have one more game against the, the woeful ducks. And maybe for some reason there's a silver lining of, Oh, well, if we can really beat the brakes off them, then, you know, who, who knows what we can do type of thing. What, what is stopping this team from saying, you know what, we're going to embrace what we are, which is not a good hockey team and finish out the season looking for a higher draft pick. Eating better is easy with Factors' delicious, ready-to-eat meals. Always fresh, chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to go in just two minutes. From pancakes to smoothies to meals and more, discover a wide variety of easy options for the entire day, like breakfast, midday bites, and more. And if you're always on the go and eating a quick and easy way to find something to eat, you need to try Factor Meals. They have an easy-to-use website. Factor is also flexible. Change up your order every week with plans from 6 to 18 meals per week, or pause or reschedule your delivery at any time. You can sign up and save, and we've done the math. Factor is less expensive than takeout, and every meal is dietitian approved to be nutritious and delicious. Head to factormeals slash Judd50 and use code Judd50 to get 50% off. That's code Judd50 at factormeals.com to get 50% off. Go check out Factor Meals. Angujo, that's a good question, and here's my guess. What one is? I don't think that they can afford to sit guys because um, I don't know what the cap space is now. Spurgeon being out does help, but I but that whole cap uh, dance. I don't know if that's playing a, a role here. The other thing I don't know, I don't know that that Goudreau is still hurt. I mean, John Hines just might not think he's that good. So like this is this could be that's just uh, you're you're a fourth line guy. I mean. Would would anybody be surprised if if you know with Dean gone and he was he was Freddie's champion? Would anybody be surprised if John Hines just said, hey, "This guy's a fourth line guy. I just don't think he's that good." And and he you know he can kill penalties, he can play a role, yeah. but he's not a top you know top six guy. Which I mean, Dean, what at one point last season had him second line center. So I think that's part of it. But back to your point about trying to shut guys down. Um, I am all I am on the wagon of also just trying to trade guys. Um and I would do it as I would not wait until the the deadline, but I mean I, I think we talked about this last week. Zuccarello, I think, has a ten team no trade list. I think it might become a complete no trade next season. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd love to move him. Um Let, do you want to do a quick impromptu? I throw out a name and you say whether or not you trade them or not. Sure. Yes. All right. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov. Nope. Perfect. Matthew Boldy. No. Matt Zuccarello, no team. Uh, sorry, 10 team, no move clause until the end of the season. Then a full no move kicks in starting next year. I would try and move him. Okay. Yes. That's yes. I, I would. I don't know what the agreement was when he did agree to the, the contract extension. If there's like a gentleman's agreement since he did agree to that. Yeah. But I think Matt Zuccarello I think you could convince him that, dude, if you go to a playoff team and let's say you play on the third line, I'm talking about a contender, I think he could be really, really helpful. And I don't think he's not, to me, when the Wild has a chance to get get, get good again, I don't know he's going to play that big a role. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jewel Erickson Eck, full, full availability to no, be moved anywhere. No, you'd have to blow me away. It would have to be an unbelievable. And That's a King's Ransom type thing. Yeah, and he's sort of, you know what, I consider him to be, he's a heart and soul guy. Mm-hmm. Like, I want him around. When I'm prepared just to, um, 
to get back into being a really competitive team. He's the definition, like the way that he plays, of a guy that you want in your room. So, no. Uh, Marcus Foyno has a full no move, so we'll move on to the 15-team no-trade list for Freddie Goudreau. Oh, if I could get something for him, sure. Is there a minimum you're taking for him? Like like a, a six-rounder, you're going to say no. Yeah, I'd, uh, I'd probably shoot for a third-rounder. Okay. Um, let's see here. Brandon Duhame. Um, I prob- probably not because... He, he's expiring at the end of this year, making 1.1 as of right now. Oh, he now. is expiring at the end, end of this year. Well, then, depending on, on what I could get. Okay. Uh, if I could get a fourth rounder, fourth rounder up, I I might. Yes. Uh, Marcus Johansson and Ryan Hartman both cannot be moved. Marcus Johansson, I, 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 he disappeared again last night. You're done with the Capitals, and guess what? <laughs> guess what? He got no time for hockey. What a bust he's been. I mean, my God. Yeah, and and they've got him uh, next year as well at a salary cap I, hit of two. Million. I have no time for him. Yeah. Uh, Marco Rossi is on his ELC. I mean, you're not going to move. No, him. no, no, no. Um, Adam Raska, who was acquired as part of the Bogosian deal, yes. I want to say. And I don't know that you, uh, yeah. He's on I an mean, ELC, so I mean, why? He's not going to get you. No. Um, let's see. Patty Maroon, a 16 team, no trade list. He's uh, expiring after this year, making 800K. 1000%. I, I, tr- I would trade him. I think that they're, they're going to. And there's actually, I saw, I got a note from a guy last night. Um, that said a hockey trade rumor site, hmm? and it might be just that online. Okay. Pat Maroon being discussed by the Oilers. That going back to the Oilers, which actually makes a ton of sense. I, yeah. They, One cups. That's a cup team. That's a cup contender. Big time. I could see him. I could see him being a nice fourth line type of fit there. I'll maybe even jump down the list here a little bit. I think they could even do a package deal and get, acquire two guys from the Minnesota Wild with the next one being Zach Bogosian, who has a okay. modified no-tray list. His is yeah. bigger than most. 21 teams that he can uh, choose to not go to. But if there's a team that, if the Oilers are not on that list, that is a team that needs defensive depth. Yeah. So And those two guys have cups? Mm-hmm, exactly. Yeah, I'm trading both of them. Uh, let's see here. Jake Middleton. You've got him this year, next year at 2.45 million. I'm not hanging up the phone when you call, but it's going to need to be a lot. I think he's proven himself to be, despite the ill-time fight last night, which I still don't get. Um, I think he's proven to be a very valuable top four guy. Probably not a first pairing guy. Ideally, probably a second pairing guy, probably. Mm -hmm. Um, but you're going to have to, you're, I'm probably going to ask for more than you're, willing to trade me for Jake Middleton. John Merrill. You have control I next year believe, under... I can't um, believe you even brought up his name. I mean, he's... He's, uh, <laughs> he's, a he's the type of guy to garage sale you can't sell. Garage sale gets done. You're like, what's left? A Merrill! A Merrill's left! Uh, let's see. We Take know, it to Goodwill. Okay. I'm just going to skip over Brock Faber. Um, and then Dakota Mermis. He is in his final year of a $775,000 ELC. No, not an ELC. What is? Oh, I believe he is a. He's a two way, which yeah, is yeah. He's so not going to get you anything though. No, uh, this is where it gets interesting. Philip Gustafson making three point seven five million dollars through the twenty twenty five twenty six season. I think we've discussed about this. Yes, I, I say yes. Well, I'm listening again. Yes. Middleton. So, so like when we went through Eric Sinek, no, off the table. He's not being traded. Rossi Caprisov. Okay. 
on Gustafson and Middleton, I am listening. But you're going to have to meet my price. Gustafson especially. But age, there are, again, and it's getting more and more, competitive teams that need goaltending. It just, it makes a ton of sense. And then to, and then it, it dovetails to your point perfectly, which is one, okay, Wallstead gets the play, but two, okay, let's say the goaltending's not good. Okay. <laughs> yes. Like, that, that actually helps you. And what what do you say? Because I've had this discussion on on Twitter with some people. What do you say to the people that Mark Andre Fleury is done contractually with the Wild after this season, barring any sort of extension, barring him wanting to possibly retire or you know sign somewhere else? Yep. Do you find an issue with moving on from Gustafson, who I think we know, and I I still think looks good when he's playing like the team in front of him is not helping his case at all. Right. He made some nice saves last night. Exactly. He, he could have made a f- couple stops, but he made, yes, I don't blame him. But essentially now you're moving away from any sort of mentor or you're removing that, you know, that starting goalie in front of yes, Revolstead. Yep. Um, is that a concern? Cause I know some people have, have waited that is more valuable than moving on from any and gaining any capital. You're going to get through trade for him. Well, first of all, if I have Flurry around, if he can come back, I mean, who knows yeah, with exactly. a concussion. Mm-hmm. If I have Flurry around, that's going at least for the rest of this season to help a ton, right? Mm-hmm. And look, I mean, I'm all for the room being solidified. Like I get all that and I think it's important, so I wouldn't shoot that down. But if you look at the need of teams for goaltending, um Gustafson becomes a really intriguing chip. He becomes a really and and I gotta be honest, when you've tied your your hands behind your back with all of the protection, right? That's I think that's. The I wouldn't thing. give up Gustafson if I could trade Felino mm-hmm. or you know if if there was a list of guys that I could trade. Hell, if I could trade Joe Hansen, who by the way would go to a contender and play hard because he would care, <laughs> you know. But I mean, you've tied your hands behind your back. And I will continue to say this. I think in a couple of years, this team's going to pop. I think they're going to be really good. Mm-hmm. So why not add more more now? And you can't, if if we think Wallstead is going to be as good as has been speculated or discussed, mm-hmm. then in a couple of years, he's going to be your top goaltender. And if you're telling me that they can't find a, a two to his one, then they got huge problems. Yeah, in the... I think that's the biggest thing here when it comes to Gustafson. I wouldn't say he's my first guy on the top of my trade list for this team by any means. He's your most valuable, right? He is the most valuable, yes. But in terms of like how much I want to part with him, oh right, I would say he's down the list. But yeah. he, he slots up so much higher because of all these guys that you just simply cannot move, that are anchored to the state of Minnesota. And that's done pretty much through the the, the work of Bill Guerin, who yeah. you know the, I, I thought was hitting a lot of, uh, you know, doubles to the gap. In for, some ways he has, but with this one. This past this past offseason, some of these extensions where you're handing out the no moves. That's the thing. That is the blemish, I think, so far on his resume with the Wild. Yeah, and you know what? I don't mind the extensions. Like, like uh, okay, the money, you can sort of debate that, right? Yeah, absolutely. It's the protection mm-hmm. that I just don't get. It shouldn't, be the, it shouldn't be a mandatory thing when guys come to the negotiating table. It shouldn't be just assumed, yeah, How hey. How did Marcus Johansson get protection? I, thank you. He must have the best agent of all time. Okay, so, like, like let's go through it. <laughs> Felino, I personally wouldn't have given him full uh, full protection on a trade, but I get he's your type of guy. You like him. It's great in the room, right? 
So I disagree with it, but I get it. I think if you if you could have kept him under four, I I could maybe live with it. But since he's yeah, at that's that a great four, point. if he's at that four figure, like it's it's tit for tat, you know. So I think at four you got to bring it down. And even if you do that twenty one team or whatever that uh, Bogosian had, like you, you got to have some leeway to get him off the books, you know. But Marcus Johansson, um, <laughs> that I just I just it, it it floors me, dude. It floors. Well, why did why did Kolagoski get? You know, I'll never understand. That 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 contract's never made sense to me. Goose should have been a one and done here. I'll never understand that. Didn't John Merrill get an extension? Yeah, he was, I think it was it's, this yeah. past, past off season, right? So I just don't get it. I don't get it. Uh, so here's the most important question now: When you look at the tracker, where are the Wilds' probabilities in the lottery? Because that to me is going to be that. Hopefully, knock on wood, will be the game that we can play for the rest of the season. If this team, and they probably will, doesn't rebound again. Well, as of right now, when we're talking here at 3.08 p.m. Central Time on Friday, January 26th, the Minnesota Wilds sit with the eighth pick. They have a 6, 6% chance of jumping up five spots to the number one overall pick. And if you look at who they would dethrone, it is everybody's favorite in-division rival, the Chicago Blackhawks, with an 18.5% chance of... Uh, of that number one. No. Celebrini? Of, yeah, of Celebrini. Excuse me. No, they have a 25.5% chance. Um, Sharks got to be the top, right? No, no. Uh, it, it, is the, it is the Blackhawks. They have a 25.5% chance of getting the uh, number one overall pick. That'd be just great. That'd be just yeah, great. Yeah, that'd be fantastic. All right, a couple more things. One is the, the team did, did make a trade before the Nashville game yesterday. Yeah. They acquired a defenseman, Will Butcher, who played... Uh, College hockey at Denver won the Hobie. This is purely to replenish Iowa, though. Mm-hmm. So there's no plan. He's not. He's not going to um, to come up here. He actually. It's be, because they've stolen so much from their American Hockey League affiliate in Des Moines. So that that's why they made that trade. Um, another thing from last night. May I just take this time to celebrate the continued excellence. Of Ryan O'Reilly. I need to ask you before you what get into game. this. What a game. What a, what a effing game last <laughs> night by him. I, I know you like to joke about it, and I, would, I was, I was going to text you about this. Did they do any sort of? No. Okay, thank they God. They did nothing. It would have been funny. Actually, that would have been self-deprecating. Because that's what uh, Columbus did last season. Did they? Earlier this season, like, Jonathan Quick oh, was right. there for a cup of coffee while he, you know, was in a layover. Before he refused going. to play there. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was like, hey, hey, we got to go there, and then you're going to get moved to uh, right. Vegas. Right. But in his, his first game back there this season, they did like the, you know, the analysis of the, hey, breaking news, blah blah blah, and they just showed him on the bench, and you know, he gave a quick wave to the crowd. It was funny. I was almost hoping the Wild did something like that with Ryan O'Reilly, as he was here for all of five minutes in that uh, buffer deal last. Season. That would have been awesome. <laughs> now, my my suggestion is this. Pull down the number nine with Koivu on it. Add a zero, put O'Reilly's name on it, and raise it to the rafters because he's the best center in wild history. Ryan O'Reilly, who never played a game here, but he went from, uh, what, the St. Louis Blues to Minnesota as a, a salary cap means to an end for Toronto. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Ryan, but Ryan O'Reilly... Philip Forsberg and Gustav Nyquist last night, age, were 
Absolutely. Gustav looks fantastic. Now, the Wild couldn't afford to keep him. But Ryan O'Reilly, oh, my God, did he look good last night. What he had, um, where's his, where's the point total from last night here? I got the score sheet right here. He had two assists plus two, and there was a play. In fact, this was genius. Late in the game, okay? Gustafson's out. Wild down by one. Puck in the predator zone. O'Reilly gets control of the puck. Empty net, right? Mm-hmm. He could have shot it because that's the new thing now. Shoot at the net. Okay, it misses the net. It's icing. Face off in your zone. Took a couple of strides and flipped it out. But he didn't ice it. He flipped it out. Mm-hmm. This guy is such a steadying force, too. Like, there were plays last night. He's got that wonky stick. I love that stick, that really weird curve. Yeah. It's weird. And there were a few times last night, skated, would come back, get the puck in his defensive zone, skate it out, calm everything down. This guy is so good. And he he ain't a kid now. No. But, my God, was he fun. And And Nashville? Nashville's for real. Nashville, now, I know that the Wild blew their socks off. Uh, shortly after John Hines had become coach in Nashville. But I'm going to tell you right now, I have not seen a team this season that is as good with their sticks and getting their sticks into lanes, passing lanes, as the Predators. They don't just block shots. They get their sticks. They probably broke up five to eight potential scoring chances by just deflecting pucks, intercepting pucks. Mm -hmm. Like, their stick discipline in lanes was just absolutely outstanding. They do all of the little things. That's been an like that's been in their identity. I feel like for so long now. Think about their top four defensemen from like 2018 or whenever year they went and lost in the uh, the Cup final. They had PK Subban, Ryan Ellis, Matthias Ekholm, yeah. Roman Yossi. That was their top four. And Yossi was great last night. And yeah. Oh, y- Yossi. Yossi just gets better and better. It feels like every time you see him, it, he I. I, I've said this for certain guys, but he also seems like a guy that when he shows up to the XL Energy Center, he shows up to kill. He doesn't, it's not just another night. He, for some reason, he's got a grudge against Minnesota and, and, and St. Paul. He he performs every time he's on the ice there. So, no, he was fantastic. But they were, they were consistently getting their uh, sticks in passing lanes, breaking things up, blocking shots. That's a nice team. I don't know if they can make a playoff run, but they're a playoff team. Um, to your point, though, Roman Yossi, okay? Just a great defenseman. Last night, two points, goal, assist, plus two. Fantastic game. And he is a guy that plays a lot. Mm-hmm. 25 shifts on defense. He played 23-43. Manageable. Brock Faber had to play 31 shifts on defense. And as I said, played 27-43. The interesting thing to me about Roman Yossi's game last night he had, let me count this up here really quick, 21, 25, 25 shifts mm-hmm. in the game. Zero of those shifts mm-hmm. started in a face-off in the offensive zone. Interesting. He had four defensive zone uh, shift starts, sure. 10 in the neutral zone, and 11 started just you know on the fly in the course of the game. That, I mean, he he's so good offensively. It's weird to me that none of those shifts, he just not even one offensive zone face-off. That is weird. Bruno, though. Andrew Brunette. Andrew hey, he's he, Most he, famous he, goal in wild history. He's been an assistant GM, an assistant coach, a two-time player with that team. Mm-hmm. 
Congratulations. Absolutely. Great guy, too. Great guy. All right. Um, so so the Wild plays uh, the Ducks, as AJ said, on Saturday night in, in the last game of the day on uh, Hockey Day in Minnesota. Just a great tradition. Just fantastic. I'm just kidding. It's not that great. 8 p.m. face-off and then goes on, I believe, a 10-day break. That 10-day break encapsulates the bye week and the All-Star game. So between now and then, I'm sure we'll do a few shows, especially if there's news. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's not going to be much, at least after Saturday. So that is it for us. I'm Judd. He's AJ. And don't forget, there's nothing wrong with the NHL draft lottery. In fact, you want to be in it, Wild.